Welcome to episode 226 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today, we answer the question, do I save money by dealing with the listing agent directly? There we go. There we go. There That's we go. how you end a podcast. That's how we end a podcast. Do how I save money? How are you? By dealing with the listing agent directly? Right. Do I save money by going That's, direct? There's actually a few things that tie into this that I want to talk about. That's obviously a part of it. I'm doing great, by the way. How are you? Good. Yeah. Good. Super. <clears throat> Except we started, I got water down the wrong pipe and it's just lingering there. <clears throat> so you have to bear with me if I need to cough. Sure. Do I save money by dealing with the listing realtor? There's a few parts to this. One is the... several. Uh, so a few notes I've made. One is the saving money aspect. There's also the... Um, the the component where hang on quote unquote saving money correct, aspect correct. There's also the component where there's a lot of people out there going going direct. We'll say um, with not with that intention, but because they don't want to uh, waste their real estate agent's time. There's that part of it, and then there's also the part of it where there's people that don't under just don't understand the process. The process, yeah, but they don't understand why we won't just show up at the door and drop what we're doing to show you a property, whether it's for sale or for lease. We get a a lot for leases. Can I preface it by saying that we're talking about us and our team and our operational standards? Sure, yeah, because there's people out there that will go and do everything contradictory to what we're saying now. Um, there are people out there that will sell their grandmother for a good enough commission. Yes, correct. Yeah. All right, you threw me off there. <laughs> um, anyway, so let's start with the whole saving money part because that's a big component of it. All right, can I, let me get into... I have. You say what you need. I've got one story and that just summarizes exactly my thoughts on it. So go ahead. Well, my first point is conflict of interest. So anytime I'm meeting with somebody that is thinking about selling their home, this is often a topic of conversation. If they ask, if you bring the buyer, I only pay half the commission or I only pay the one commission, right? They're not expecting to pay the cooperating brokerage because now there isn't a cooperating brokerage. My simple answer is, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, if I am representing you and negotiating on your behalf to negotiate the best terms, price, and conditions, how in good faith and being ethical can I do the same for somebody that wants to buy your home. Right. So you're putting me in a position where I have to try and negotiate the highest possible price for you. And I also have to try and negotiate the lowest possible price for the buyer. Right. Hello? Little bit of a conflict of interest, don't you think? Right. So, well, you've Yet, had- <laughs> it's... Okay. It's if done properly, is perfectly legal yes. in the province of Ontario with the regulations through the Ontario Real Estate Association. Yes. Well, so now you've had that conversation with your client, the, the seller, 
And they've said, well, if you do represent both parties, is there a reduction? Do I save? And on the other end of the equation, the buyer comes into your open house and says, hey, if I go to you directly, can you reduce the commission and can I save? Right. So, so both who's, parties. Who's saving? Both parties now want to save. Right. It doesn't make sense. Slippery slope. Slippery slope. Slippery slope. So I have a story. And so one of my best friends, Phil, he lives out in Edmonton. He was going to, he was in search of a home a while back. He's since purchased. Uh, But one of the properties he went to, and then during this time, he was browsing on his own. He was one of these people that we advise not to do this. So he was out looking at homes on his own. And he told me I found the perfect house. He fell in love with the property. He had spoken with the listing agent. The listing agent agreed to reduce uh, half of the commission, which there, I believe it was 1% or something, whatever it was. Um, and he told me this. And he's like, I am going to save, it was like $15,000 or uh, it might have even been double that. So let's say $30,000. And he was really excited. He's like, if I go direct, I'm going to save this money. And I've, this whole time I've been pushing him, get your own real estate agent. He finally agreed to. So he find, interviewed a few different people, found a guy he was happy with, took this guy to the house with him. And that agent informed him the house was overpriced by $200,000. So here he is thinking, oh, I'm going to save thirty grand, And he was ecstatic. He didn't know any better. And then he found out, well, I may have still overpaid by 170000 So he ended up buying a different property in the end, but he was very grateful that he went that direction. Yeah, and that happens all the time. Um, A home is only worth as much as somebody is willing to pay, but there is also the analysis of what realistically a property might be worth. The other things to consider is that in an agreement of purchase and sale, a few words moved around or a few words missing in certain clauses or conditions can dramatically change who the, those clauses or conditions favor or who they protect mm-hmm. more so than the other. Um, so again, conflict of interest if the same person is drafting the agreement to protect both parties, um, how do you in good faith as a, as a buyer, how, how, as a buyer, let's just talk on the buyer side for a moment. Don't I want to have complete protection on my end? Of course. So that potentially means being able to do a home inspection, being able to Send well, the and how do you navigate the outcome of that home inspection? Well, I was, gonna, I was going to get there. So let's, so let's fast forward. Let's say an agreement is in place. Everybody's signed off. Everybody's happy, seemingly. The listing agent, listing realtor, is representing now both parties. There's a home inspection and there are deficiencies revealed. Now there's another layer to negotiation, do these deficiencies get remedied? Does the buyer just simply overlook them and says, I'll take the property as it is? 
Is there further reduction in the price because of the deficiencies that were found? Even with a mortgage clause. Yeah. And then how are they relayed to the seller? So it just, it just muddies the waters. It gray, it puts a gray area over the whole thing. It's our internal policy. We do not do it. So the listing agent will not represent the buyer. Right. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I do too. There's actually an interesting post I saw because in, so in that scenario, let's say I'm working with somebody um, as a team, right? So I've got the listing agent. I'm the listing agent. One of our team members brings, or somebody comes through an open house and I say, well, sorry, I won't personally represent you, but I can introduce you to one of my team members. Um, There is still compensation in there. So let's say our team member assists that person in buying and they're successful in buying. There is still monetary compensation for me and as an organization. So that's always disclosed, but our efforts are always based on the premise that we want to have a degree of separation so that. Yeah, there has to be the the person representing the buyer and the person representing representing the seller don't know that, you know, intimate parts of their There's no intel in intentions between. and yeah. why they're moving, what their motivation is, you know, things that might give the other party a leg up in negotiations. Right. And just to clarify also what you said, when it's within the team, it's still within the brokerage, but the brokerage, our brokerage has a hundred and I don't know, 140 real estate salespeople. Um, so anytime it's the same brokerage representing both parties, you still have multiple representation. Yeah. As long as the realtor is not the one physically representing the seller, um, you know, giving Which yourself is a problem that, in, the, in this industry because sure. on paper, legally, they don't view it that way. But ethically, we do this because we know it's the right way to do it. Right. So let's go to safety. You brought up safety and I think that's, it's an important topic. And um, we've heard a lot of stories over the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, just before we started the podcast, I I stumbled across an article. I couldn't read the whole thing because I didn't, it was a um, publication for a company I don't subscribe to, but the premise of it was back in November of last year. So recently a homeowner lured a real estate agent uh, to their home using the guise of wanting to sell and they assaulted them. And, you know, there's a lot of this happening. Agents don't often have proper processes to qualifying people, knowing who they're going to see and taking the steps to protect themselves. Right. So there's a number of things you can do. Um, Well, and this will lead into the other point that you made the other day to me about properly qualifying these buyers before going out and showing them the properties. So, so the safety component comes in a various, um, in various levels because we are, first of all, we have to ensure the safety of our realtors. Um, We have to ensure the safety of the homeowner's property and their belongings. And you think about open houses, even as an example, you literally unlock your door to strangers. Right. Would you sit at home and 
put a sign out front, strangers welcome, and just let anybody walk through the home? No, but you do that at an open house. Um, so that's a whole other topic of conversation. Yeah. But there's steps to, you can take to protect yourself. Right. You're trying to mitigate uh, any occurrences that may arise and, and taking steps to to kind of eliminate those as best as possible. But, you know, when you talk about private showings, you're showing up at a house, you want to make sure you know who the person you're taking for a private showing, you want to make sure you know who they are. Yeah, of course. Where do they live? What's their names? Who's- funny, I saw this morning a local real estate agent had posted a TikTok using that trending song, Dumb Ways to Die. Have you heard that way? No. It's like, dumb ways to die. I don't know how the song goes. And it's just a video of something stupid happening. And in this case, it was not so much of the video. There was copy that said, going to meet a random person at a vacant rural property. And that's exactly what it is, right? Like, why will I not meet you there tonight at six? Because I don't know who you are. I don't know who you're bringing with you. I don't want to put myself in that situation. I prefer to go and see it in the dark. Well, and that goes back to the situation where I did meet agents, an agent and his clients at one of our properties not long ago. And I'd been speaking with this guy for a while, but I felt uncomfortable. Here comes the scissor story. I felt uncomfortable for some reason. I don't believe there was a reason to be. And, you know, now that I've gone through it, but I felt uncomfortable. There were three guys you know, middle-aged guys, they all looked like they were fit. They could have easily taken me. So while we were walking around. Taken you. Well, I mean, you know, that's left up for interpretation. But, you know, as we were walking around, I saw a pair of scissors on the counter. So I pocketed them because I felt uncomfortable. And, you know, fortunately, I didn't need to use them. But there are many situations in, in reality where people could have used that. Right? Adrian was planning on giving them a haircut. <laughs> Would have given them more than a haircut if I needed to use them. I'll tell you that much. But fortunately, I didn't need them. Well, think about if you were a younger female. Yeah. And it was three guys like that. All right. So let's talk about that. So what can you do? Random person calls you. Well, the first thing I think, okay, so now we're gearing this a bit to realtors. I think the first and most important thing is that people need to know where you are at all times. Yes. As a realtor. You can be in and out of your car showing many different properties. You can be in many different appointments. Appointments could be uh, public, like at a Tim Hortons. It could also be at a private residence where it's only you and one other person. Going back to your assault story of that you read this morning. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing, and I preach that to everybody, is make sure the calendar your calendar is up to date with what address you're going to be at and and what time and and whatnot. Um, well, and nowadays it's even I think more likely to happen because of social media, right? Like you're going to have these creepers mm-hmm. following, you know, I would say predominantly following women who you know lust for them and get excited and want to meet them and sure. and then you know say oh I see meet some you. nice photos well, on instagram my house, whatever yeah. oh you're a realtor i'm thinking about selling I watched, robin on our team had, yeah. has had this happen to her a few times yeah well i had i watched a video yesterday of james in the city he's a an agent in toronto and he was talking about one time it happened to him where a guy lured him in yeah and fell in love with him watching his social and he tried to i don't know what he tried to do 
But what he does, he does a bunch of things. I think he said he puts his ID in his shoe. I guess so he has ID, I don't know. Um, and he has somebody call him. He had somebody call him 15 minutes after his appointment, kind of like the check-in. You know, kind of like people do when they're on a bad date just to get out of the date potentially. I can't remember what you call There's a word for that, a name for that. Whatever. Whatever. Anyways, um, so there's a number of things you can do. But for people watching that are wondering why an agent wouldn't take you to see a house, this is why. Like, you know, it's not because they don't want to help you and they're being lazy. It's There's a number of reasons. Right. So I agree. Cal- share calendars with people. Uh, let people know where you're going. Get that safety call. Yeah. Me, my big thing is always get ID. If you're really uncertain, get them to sign a buyer representation agreement specifically for that house, which requires ID. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's unwilling to do that, I think it's probably not worth your time. And um, meet in a public space first. So go for a coffee. Well, I was just going to say that. One of our processes is if you have not met that person, you're meeting up for a quick consultation, not only to qualify them, um, but for safety reasons. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the onus can also be put on the seller because sellers don't want unqualified random people just coming through their home. Right. Um, So it's perfectly acceptable to ID the person. Uh, I suggest also now using virtual tools like Google Meet or Zoom, because if you have a bad gut feeling in that meeting... And um, record it. Yeah, record. And let them, I mean, they're usually nowadays known, it's always known that it's being recorded, but even say that just to ensure they know. And that will scare off a lot of people that maybe have bad intentions. Correct. Well, Zoom, Zoom it tells you right away. Yeah. This, this is being recorded, but... Yeah. Um, Yeah, and then upload that recording to a shared drive that somebody else on your team or in your brokerage has access to. Um, So if you're unsure, um, those are very um, good steps to take. Yeah, I always suggest, quote-unquote, creeping uh, the person. Creeping the creeper? Creeping the creeper. So Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Google, Google, do a... Traditional Google Assuming search. you have their real name. Assuming. Yeah, assuming you've got their real yeah. name. You could also bring somebody with you to the showing. Yes. That's always a safe option. Benefit of being on a team yeah. is if you are a female, as an example, on the team, and you are visiting a property with a gentleman that, you know, maybe you're not 100% comfortable, then you're bringing another person yeah. Hey, can you join me on this showing? I'm a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And that well, has happened. And be mindful of, of um, situations you put yourself within the house, like turning your back to somebody or whatever. Like just be very cautious of your position and, you know, uh, having a bit of a safety barrier or whatever, knowing the exits and stuff like that. Yep. In the vast majority of cases, this is unnecessary. This isn't needed ever, but it does happen and it's good to protect well, yourself. In vast majority of cases, seatbelts aren't needed on an airplane. Good point. Um, the other part is time. The reason I'm not going to show a random person a house on a moment's notice without a degree of commitment or knowing who they are is because 
of time. I don't, I'm committed. I have contracts signed with other people that are committed to me working with them and for them. Those are the people that get my time. Sure. If you're not willing to offer a degree of commitment as well, you're not getting my time. Um, a good story for that. I had a guy call me, seemed like a real shooter, really wanted to go see a property. And, you know, I went through the motions of explaining why we won't just take him. And after a couple of phone calls, he said, okay, I'll just get my wife to bring me. She's a realtor. <laughs> I'm like, so this guy had no intention. He just wanted to use me. And that's yeah. exactly why we won't do it. Yeah. Well, something to be said about the professionalism behind a realtor that doesn't run around like a chicken to unrepresented individuals because we are simply too busy, first of all, with, as you said, with people that have contracted us to do a job for them. They take priority. Yeah. If you want to be one of those people, then have a proper consultation. Let's see if this relationship is a fit. If you want to work with me and if I want to work with you, we don't take every client on. Yeah. Um, and then take the proper steps to make sure. Well, I, I, I made a note here about qualifying their their needs and their wants. So somebody would contact you and say, hey, can I go see this property? We don't even know if this property suits what you're looking for. Let's have a chat about that first. Like, why would I waste my seller's time to drag a random person through that doesn't even qualify for this home or yeah. the home doesn't qualify for them? Yeah. Um, and then what about the down payment? Where's the down payment coming from? Do you have a home to sell? Let's talk about that. What about deposit? Typical deposit is 5% on a purchase. Where's that money coming from? Do you have that available? What is your time frame? When do you plan on moving into your new home? Oh, in a year. Well, these folks need to be out in 60 to 90 days. Or is that something you're prepared to do? Yeah. You know, uh, having that proper consultation and getting to know one another. Like if you're going to hire a realtor to represent you in a purchase or in a sale, um, you have to make sure that this person is somebody that you would like to work with, that you believe is going to do a good job to follow everything through, to negotiate on your behalf, to close on the property, to give you advice, to hold your hand through any questions you might have, to refer you to other suppliers or other professionals that you might need along the way. Uh, it is a relationship and... Um, yeah, well, so so there's there's a whole lot of things that happen. Well, when you say you said um, part of it is we're too busy, and we are too busy uh, for people that aren't willing to follow our process because we know the process works and it works for us, but it also works in helping our clients successfully navigate the process. So if you're not willing to work with us, then we are too busy for that sort of nonsense. But um, a tip for newer agents who are not busy per se, per se, like not running around with active clients, um, you can't afford to. And what I mean by that is you may think it's a good idea to drop what you're doing to help random people in hopes of getting a deal, but, you know, take it from us. We've been through it. You'll learn very quickly, or maybe you'll never learn and you'll just get out of the business. But those people you're doing that for will very likely not amount to anything. Yeah. So, so and you're better to be posting on social, writing a blog, networking, whatever. Several years ago, uh, three and a half years ago ish, when Steve Chiquetto joined our team, 
This was somebody that is very experienced in sales, very experienced in business as an entrepreneur, as a senior manager, uh, represents himself well, educated individual, very professional, very ethical. Great guy. Great guy. Also our top salesperson in, in January and continues to do very well on our team. When he started with us, he didn't have a database of clients that were interested in purchasing, selling, leasing, investing. He had his own database of people to start us what we call a sphere of influence. And ultimately you get a lot of repeat and referral business from that group of people. But when you're new, A, people don't trust you yet because you don't have the experience. Uh, they might not feel comfortable because they don't know if you're going to be in the business for six months or 16 years, right? Right. Um, anyway, so we get leads that come into the team all the time, as you know. And in the beginning, when we were getting, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were getting some leads and gave it to him, he would disappear. And he'd come back to the office and I'd say, Steve, where were you? Oh, I went to show X and X property. To who? Well, that lead you gave me this afternoon. He would do exactly what we're talking about. He would do exactly what we're talking about. For the same reason we're talking about probably. Even though we told him and in the training, he was told not to do it. And he's like, well, I got nothing to lose. Right. Well, you, you, do. Got, you got your time to lose. Yeah. And the biggest mistake a lot of realtors make is not taking their job as a business and not treating their business as an entrepreneur would treat a normal business. And your time is the most valuable thing. So instead of running around like a chicken, helping these people that have no intent of actually doing business with you because you haven't provided them any value, you haven't given them a reason to, you're just unlocking a door and saying, okay, here's the house. And they'll say, thank you, bye-bye. And then you'll they'll ghost you. you. You'll follow up and they won't return your call because they don't need you. They don't want you. What could you have done in that hour, two hours, three hour window where you just spent with this random person? Could you have written a couple of blogs? Could you have taken a couple of friends out for coffee and done some networking? Could you have gone and met the new business owner down the street? Could you have posted five different TikToks? I mean, I could give you a list of a hundred things that would spend your time more effectively. So great tip for, for realtors. And you said new realtors. I'll put a asterisk there because there are a lot of realtors that I've been in the business for a while, yeah. one year, two years, three years, 10 years even, that need that advice. Agreed. Well, time, I got nothing else. Time, safety, and money. All reasons point to getting your own agent. Yeah. And I, okay, I'm going to end it with painting a picture. Imagine you killed a person. Okay. With a pair of scissors at a showing? <laughs> Would you hire your own realtor or would you use lawyer. the lawyer or would you use the lawyer that the well, fortunately, family of the murdered person is using? Well, fortunately, in, in that industry, you were legally not allowed to. Well, and there's reason for if, that. If you were, 
If you were, would obviously you not, not want your own lawyer? Of course, of course you, of would. Course you would want your own well, lawyer. Well, here you go. Get your own realtor. Yeah. That's it. Ciao. Bye. Thanks for watching and listening. Episode 226 of KT Confidential. Leave a comment and show us some love by throwing us a like and subscribing to the channel.